Welcome to the Get Sacred Podcast. I'm your host, intuitive life coach, Melissa Elysian, and I'm here to teach you how to create more money, more love, and more sacred success. If you're ready to create a lusciously abundant and pleasure-filled life, you're in the right place. Hey, love. I have had an idea rolling around in my mind for a little while, and I I haven't really thought it through completely. It just kind of comes and goes. But I thought I would just kind of talk about it and see what comes up and see what connections come out of it and share it, even though it's not a fully formed idea, because maybe your mind will complete it. You know, maybe what I share brings revelation to you, even though I've gotten only so far with it. So the thing that I've been thinking about is in regards to just believing in yourself, you know, what is required to really show up fully in our lives, to reach our highest capacity, to create everything that we are dreaming of and everything that we feel called to create, to show up authentically as ourselves, requires this deep belief in ourselves and in, in our capacity to obtain all of those things. A deep belief in why we're here, a deep belief in our purpose, and I've been thinking about how important that is and how much the racist patriarchy has done to diminish our beliefs in ourselves and how we might be mistaking the idea of ego for patterns and behaviors and beliefs that are actually just internalized oppression. For example, I'm clear that the racist patriarchy doesn't want me to take up all of the space that I do. It doesn't want me to have power and authority over my own body. It doesn't want me to speak my own mind. It doesn't want me to have value, right? The reason why they don't pay women as much, the reason why women of color make so little in comparison to white men is because it doesn't want to believe that I have any value. And it doesn't want me to believe that I have any value. It doesn't want me to believe that I have any power. And it doesn't want me to believe that I have any say. Hence, uh, electoral college um, situation that we have going on, right? It's constructed in such a way to make sure that people don't actually have as much power as our government would like to claim that we have. So as I think about that and I think about how many times I've blamed ego for keeping me small and keeping me in fear because ego does that. Ego tells you to play safe. Ego tells you to hide. Ego tells you, it tells you not to expand, you know, it tells you to, to stay in your comfort zone. And there have been so many times where I am at the point of expansion. It's time for me to step into something new. And instead of recognizing how much so my internal thought process actually has come from the racist patriarchy, I blame it on ego. The reason why I think it's good to look at that and see what we can discern and distinguish about both of these things is that 
when we think of ego, for the most part, in spiritual community, I think we've all decided, or we're in a collective understanding, that ego, as much as we love to say ego death, I mean, I really do, I love to say when I've decided that I'm going to do something big, even though there's a part of me that's scared out of my mind, that my ego is going to have to get over it and it's going to like slightly die today because I'm insisting on taking a chance. But that that is not really real, right? Like the ego doesn't just dissipate. I would say I probably know a handful of spiritual teachers who would say that they are in a place where their ego is basically diminished into nothingness, but not necessarily all gone. And I'm fine with that. That's that's cool. I don't know them personally, so I couldn't say. But the idea of not letting ego have as much power over the way that you're being in the world, that feels real to me. That resonates with me. But the idea of it dying doesn't feel real to me. And so if we're all mostly in acceptance that, you know, we can make the ego submit to our own will and we can diminish its power, then we're in a full acceptance that it's not going anywhere. And this is the part that is important for why I want to distinguish it and differentiate it from what the racist patriarchy has taught us and instilled in us and makes us believe and behave. Because if you think about ego and you've decided it's not going to go away, but you let the things that the racist patriarchy taught you fall into the category of ego, then you subject yourself to being in a state of acceptance of the beliefs that this system has internalized for you, which is like, fuck no, right? That's a no. I am not going to be in acceptance of the idea that I have to keep the internalized oppression that the racist patriarchy has gifted me. I'm in opposition of that idea. I'm refusing that idea. I'm refusing that to be true. I will not submit to the idea that that I have to keep those ways of thinking. And let me be, you know, let me share some of what I think that thinking is that that I want you to know that you don't need to keep that doesn't need to be associated with ego that you can decide you're going to dismantle and get rid of, right? The belief that you have to be perfect and you have to show up perfect and that you can't have flaws, especially if you're a woman and a person of color in this country, some of that is caused by the racist patriarchy that says you are not enough that you are less than and is constantly having you strive to fit an ideal that you can't because it's not who you are. So you're left feeling like you're less than. And because we're being perceived and judged in that way from the time that you're born, you've internalized this perception of yourself, of the need of being perfect, of the need of compensating, of the need of overcompensating, of the need to prove yourself, of the need to go above and beyond. I think one of the things that it's also taught us that women don't pay enough attention to is that it has us convinced that we have to serve in order to have value. We don't have value unless we're giving, unless we're overgiving, 
unless we're self-sacrificing. That's when we're valuable. How do we see that? We see that in all of the labor that we do for free as women. We see that in women's nature to organize everything in the household. We see this in the emotional labor that they give us in making sure that we're making sure that everyone feels okay. It tells us that we don't have value unless we're serving. Unless we're giving of ourselves, we don't have value. It's not enough to just do what we're wanting to do. It's not enough to just be. You have to be giving of yourself. You need to sacrifice in order to be worthy is what that system says. It is partially to do with why in situations when we're fully qualified and absolutely capable, we're dealing with imposter syndrome. Because the system is set up so that even when you go in the boardroom and you have all the experience and you have all the knowledge, they're not going to pay you as much as so-and-so over there who doesn't, and they're not going to listen to you. And so we've internalized this feeling of even when I've done everything, even when I have the experience, even when I have proof that I can do it, even when it's the easiest thing in the world for me to do, for some strange reason, I want to do a new thing or I want to do something and I'm scared. I'm scared that I haven't earned it. I haven't, that I'm not qualified, that I'm not good enough. Because the system has taught me repeatedly that even when I have all of the things, when I check off every box, it will not respect what I've worked for. It will not acknowledge my intelligence, my excellence. It will not compensate me for it. It will not treat me fairly. It will not let me speak. The deep feelings that you might experience of feeling like you're not enough don't just belong to this idea of the ego. They actually belong to a system that has been telling you that over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I want to offer that we don't have to keep that. We don't have to keep that internal oppression. We don't have to assume that it's ego and that it's inevitable. We need to recognize how much of that comes from the system and we need to let go of it. We need to release it. We need to unlearn it. You know, one of the things that I always remember, like, I don't know, it's just like random things will happen. And then I remember whenever the patriarchy is bothering me, I will remember how, oh, it always comes up because I'm in calls with my clients and they're telling me how they want to do something. And they're telling me also how they don't feel like they can. And they're not sure it's going to work, even though it's already worked. And they're, you know, they're in this place of insecurity about something that they obviously can do. And I say that I'm talking about my clients, but I'd be lying to say that I've never been there. Of course, I've been there. It still happens to me. So they're in this place of wanting to be overqualified before they can do the thing that they're absolutely qualified for. They feel like they need to prove themselves. And then I think to myself about the statistics that said that white men are more likely to apply for jobs that they don't qualify for than any other group of people in the United States, right? That women will read the requirements of a job and if they're missing something, they don't they lack one of the details 
are more inclined to just not apply for it at all when the complete opposite is true for men, that they are more likely to just apply for things that they are not qualified for, right? And, like, we've, we've witnessed it. Like, if you're a woman in America, certainly if you're a woman of color, certainly if you're a black woman, you've seen what it looks like when someone who is barely doing anything, or let's be specific, when a white man is barely doing anything, already assumes that the power that is available or authority belongs to him, or that whatever little that he's adding should be enough, more than enough, is amazing. That if someone's having a conversation, that his voice and his opinion needs to be heard. Like, we've all experienced that. And that is the flip side of all of the things that I'm talking about. This idea of needing to be perfect, this idea of not being enough, this idea of needing to overcompensate and self-sacrifice. I'm thinking about this because of what I said earlier. I don't want to assign that poison (laughs) to my ego that I've already decided isn't going anywhere. I want to believe and know and trust that I can dismantle that internalized oppression. I know that that's possible. I know that that's possible. I am increasing my awareness of what it has taught me so I can recognize those thoughts and see and point them out and call the thoughts that I'm having out as not even belonging to me and identifying them as this is what the racist patriarchy would like you to believe, that this isn't good enough, but it is good enough, that I have a thought and I think this is what the racist patriarchy wants me to believe. I don't have to do that. I don't have to do that. I don't have to sacrifice that in order to matter, to count, to be seen, to be heard. I don't have to give that away. Or this is what the racist patriarchy wants me to believe And then I recognize I absolutely have the power and authority to do that. That is within my control. I can do something about it. You know, the more that I think about it, the more power and the more authority I feel like I have in my own life. Because resigning myself to believe that it's ego and that ego really isn't going to go anywhere and I can just make it smaller is not going to suffice for me removing the toxic thought patterns and ways of believing that being in this oppressive environment has created and has been internalized within me. So I want to differentiate those things. I think it's so good. I think it's so useful to see it that way, to recognize which parts, what thought patterns, what ways of being, what beliefs don't fucking belong to me. And not only do they not belong to me, I reject them. And I will not be playing small because someone, someone, I wish it was one person, because so many have decided that they want me to play small. They want me to have no power. They want me to have no say. They want me to have no value. I get to reject those thoughts from a place of identifying exactly where they're coming from and eliminating their power over me. And I want you to have that too. So I wanted to share this idea that's been rolling around in my head that really feels like a game changer 
in regards to how I move in the world and how I process my own thoughts and emotions that keep me from living and being as big as I am, as amazing as I am, as incredible as I am, and as powerful as I am, and as sacred as I am. And I want that for you too. All right, I love you very, very much. Hey love, before you go, I wanna invite you to join my program, Six Figure Frequency. It's for sacred women who want to align with the energy of six figures or more. Go to melissaalesian.com forward slash money to join.